Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Triple in for uh, Chuck Reed. He's going to be back on Monday or might be doing uh, an abbreviated show on Friday. Am I correct? Yeah, that's great. Great news there, and he'll he'll tell you his uh, his plight, but uh, it's, 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 it's good news. I'm not going to share too much. It's not for me to share, but uh, he's very loved around here, and that's great. But I got to tell you, though, feeling kind of dark. Feeling kind of dark. You know, the notion of you win a national title, and that celebration Saturday, just this uh, absolute exuberance, exhilaration, joy, unbridled joy. And then nine hours later, you learn that uh, two people, part of the program, have died. Talking about the University of Georgia. It's just, uh, it seems like life just has this way of yanking the rug out from under you. And uh, that really touched me. Because I have two close friends that have recently lost children. You know, one due to suicide. I'm trying not to be too dark here, but I'm sorry. This is how I'm feeling. I'm going to get it out, then I'm going to get on with what I'm supposed to do, so bear with me. And another one of an overdose. And just the thought of a parent having to bury its child is something I can't even... I can't even imagine. And many of you out there have suffered unspeakable loss. I mean... We've had a lot of people just dying lately, suddenly. I've had a couple of friends that just dropped dead of heart attacks in the last uh, 13 months, healthy people. And uh, it just seems uh, ugh, just kind of gross in, in so many ways. But it just, uh, it's just so sad. It's like, you know, I, I know we're supposed to struggle and endure sadness and difficulty and, and challenges so you can actually enjoy the jo- joyful times. But... Wow, it just seems unfair, but I know life is unfair. It just seems unfair, though, that once you get to that point where you're experiencing that joy, immediately something happens to bring you back down to earth, and in some cases even below that. It's just uh, it's awful. But can we, can we please do me a favor? Can we, reple- can we please retire the phrase thoughts and prayers? That is the most cynical BS ever. It just rings so hollow it seems so performative, obligatory, you p- posting that on social media. Look what a good person I am. Look how much empathy I'm able to have for people. It's more about you than anything else. And I don't know why that gets on my nerves, but it does. I mean, I, 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 I mean, having friends that have uh, lost children, I have, I have some empathy for what the family of uh, Devin Willick and uh, Chandler LaCroix are going through. And then you have Warren McClendon excitedly declaring for the NFL draft on Saturday. He gets injured, but thankfully just stitches. He's going to be okay. Torrey Davis, Torrey Bowles, I'm sorry, with some injuries too. But 
Please stop with the performative virtue signaling thoughts and prayers nonsense. It just uh, it reduces something like this into an internet meme. And I, I don't know why I have such I'm having such a problem with this, but it, just, it viscerally just hits me when when I see that nonsense. It's 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 more about you. It's it's such a performative thing, but I don't know. It's uh it, it it's too bad. It, it's really too bad. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, a lot of things tonight. Of course, NFL playoffs. And um, answer this question to me: Did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense did they just meet each other for the very first time before their first play in the huddle? Hi, Tom. I'm Mike. Mike. Tom. Tim. Tim. Oh, okay. Hi, Tom. Where'd you go to school? Michigan. Oh, I, I know this girl that went to Michigan. Her name is uh, Sheila. She's she's a Kyo. Oh yeah, she's hot. Hey, hey, that's my cousin. Sheila's my cousin. Don't you objectify her? And besides, I'm dating her. <laughs> I mean, that was just the most piss poor offensive showing that I've ever seen. And part of me last night was thinking, well, you know, all these other games on the weekend, NFL games are no longer in doubt when it's 27-0. Or what was it, 12 nothing at halftime last night? So I decided to stick this one out. And then, good Lord, just awful. And that poor Dallas kicker, he had missed, what, four in the past six years, I think, and he misses four last night. That clearly, it got in his head then. By that point, it got in his head. And you see Dak Prescott over there slamming his helmet down on the ground. Do you think that kicker was slamming his helmet down when you're throwing four interceptions a game, Dak? But to Dak's credit, though, after the game last night, he expressed some uh, compassion for his kicker and said, man, I've been playing like hell. I mean, that's not how he – he's been playing like doo-doo is basically what he said. But um, that was just awful. I mean, the Falcons wouldn't have embarrassed themselves that much in a game like that, would they? No. So you're just thinking, had Grady Jarrett not been flagged for that quote-unquote roughing the passer on Tom Brady, the most egregious call ever. I mean, it almost makes you feel like it's all rigged, you know? I, I see people on Twitter, it's all rigged, it's rigged. Sometimes it makes you wonder, certainly. I'm not saying it is by any stretch, but it just makes you wonder. And we did see Tim Donaghy in the NBA, that NBA official. He was shaving points in his own way, uh, calling fouls here, not calling fouls there to – Kind of uh, get the spread to where, wherever he wanted it. Sometimes it makes you wonder. Nothing would surprise me in this day and age, but I don't think it's necessarily rigged. But uh, one, another phrase we need to retire, though, aside from my thoughts and prayers, conspiracy theory. Can we please do away with that phrase? You do know where this phrase comes from, don't you? It's a very ironic phrase when you know what the origins of it is. The CIA coined the phrase conspiracy theory. For those people that questioned the Warren report after Kennedy was assassinated, and they made sure it found its way to all the news outlets, and if you don't think the CIA has their tentacles in all the media outlets, you got another thing coming. Hence, we have the word conspiracy theory, invented by the establishment so you don't question the establishment. So if you have a theory on something and you question the narrative, well, when somebody says, oh, conspiracy theory, okay, well, that just shuts off all argument right there. Anybody that uses the phrase conspiracy theory has no counterpoint, no counterargument whatsoever. They don't. That's just, they might as well just say, nuh-uh. That's all you might as well say. It's ridiculous. So let's retire. Thoughts and prayers. Let's retire 
conspiracy theory. Let's try to be a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more sincere, and not reduce somebody's life to a RIP thoughts and prayers with the teary-eyed emoji. Our lives are not a teary-eyed emoji. And some lives mean more than just thoughts and prayers. And some things are not a conspiracy theory. They're actually a spoiler alert. If you want to get into that. I don't know why I'm going down this road, but I've just been thinking about stuff. Well, I had to sit in traffic on the way here, like most of you do. So what happens? Your mind starts racing. All these thoughts. I was going to come in here and talk about the Hawks winning three in a row. Yeah, yay! Well, that is good, though. But uh, Chris Vivlamore, he was on with uh, Mark Zeno. And uh, we're going to go over some of that in the, in the next segment, certainly. Talking about uh, Nick Ressler, the 27-year-old Georgetown grad, who, who all of a sudden must be the most gifted NBA executive ever. They found a prodigy. Wow. Tony Ressler, all he had to do was look under his own roof for his little spoiled son, and he can turn the team he bought into a toy, a billion-dollar toy for his son. Am I being unfair in calling him spoiled? No. No, I'm not, because he's gotten the keys to a franchise. He has no resume to support him. Yay. You got into Georgetown Law School. Yay. Big deal. What would Shakespeare say about the lawyers? Kill them all. That's what he said about them. This is absurd. And you run a guy like Travis Schlink, who, you know, helped build basically a dynasty in Golden State. His, his fingerprints are all over that. Oh, no, no, no. We don't need Travis Schlink. Get me Nick Ressler. That's who we need. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Yeah, you won three in a row. You're not going to win six in a row. I know what this is. Yes, I know you have a great record when you shoot over 51%. The problem is you rarely do it. You're not consistent with it. So I'm just going to wait, okay? I'll try to be open. I'll try to be optimistic about this, but this whole thing, let's put my 27-year-old, I picture him almost as like the typical billionaire son just sitting around laying on the couch all day. We need to get you out of the house and find you a job. I'm going to let you run my sports franchise. Am I being unfair to this kid? No. No, I'm not being unfair. I think it's absurd. It's absurd. And, And you're seeing it everywhere. You're seeing all these coaches in the NFL with zero experience all of a sudden getting head coaching jobs. Whatever happened to the school of hard knocks? Whatever happened to paying your dues? Nah, let's put them in there. And you see what happens. We get the most ridiculous coaching decisions all weekend long. You see it left and right. Uh, You got a big lead. Uh, uh, Run the ball, perhaps, you know, because that keeps the clock running. It's not college. You get a first down, the clock still runs, and you stay in bounds. You move the chains, and, and next thing you know, you put like six or seven run plays together at one time. Next thing you know, six, seven minutes have run off the clock. And if you're scoring at home, there are 15 minutes in a quarter in football. That's half the damn quarter if you run the ball. But no, let, no, we need the young, hot thing. We, we need youth. We need this youth. We need a youth movement, some fresh blood, a new perspective. No, you don't. You need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. It's as simple as that. I'm sorry. I just don't think Nick Ressler, God bless him. You got out of Georgetown. That's a great school. Good for you. I bet you weren't working two jobs. Put yourself through law school. 
I bet you weren't uh, working on the pole trying to get your master's while working at Tattletales. Give me a break. I mean, what the hell is this? And I, Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world, but for some reason, I wonder. He comes in like that. He probably, is it the proverbial born on third base, thought he hit a triple sort of thing? I don't know. But it just seems so misguided and just dumb. And you see this franchise, anyone with experience has been run out of the front office pretty much, and now you have all these young kids working in there. Oh, no, but, but they have these fresh perspectives and creative and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. No, you don't know anything. Just because you can read easily digestible morsels of information on social media doesn't mean you know anything. Matter of fact, it means you know nothing because you have no nuance. Your whole world is digested by headlines and talking points. That's all you have. You have no perspective, no nuance because you're young. Doesn't mean you're dumb. You just don't have something called experience. That's all. So, yeah, let him run the damn... Guess what? Maybe, maybe can he run the Falcons too? Let's see. Can he just do that? If he's so young, that means he clearly has boundless energy. Just let him do it all. Let him get around to winning that Nobel Prize too. It's unbelievable. This whole thing, this whole notion about youth, like youth is some virtue. It's wasted on the, on the young. Youth is wasted on the young. Get off my lawn. Damn right. Get off my freaking lawn. Us young people are the best, Rob Tribble. Well, you are. You're <laughs> fine. But you know what I'm saying, though. It's just weird. No, I, got, I completely agree with you. There's an overemphasis on youth. An over, it has its place. Yeah, certainly you want them dotting your, your rosters, but do you want them running things? No. Do I want a 27-year-old president? No. I don't think the guy that's 80 is doing a great job either, for that matter. There's got to be some little happy medium. But it's up. It's absurd. All right, gonna come back. Let's just dive fully into the absurdity. That maybe, maybe this is changing out. The Hawks have won three in a row. Maybe, maybe they've turned a corner. Maybe, but you know, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a youthful person anymore because I'm cynical and perhaps realistic. Is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, I don't... Main reason, I'm not sure. A reason, certainly. Look, in all our reporting, which is is then literally months in the in the making as you you know you told stuff and investigate stuff you know there's some contention there and from people who aren't there anymore uh, you know they lost four senior members of their basketball operations staff that are and the honest answer is there was some contention there. how this all plays out if it was the right move if it was the wrong move that's all to be seen but the fact of the matter is and the fair statement is you know there is some contention there that's just a fact My big question is, triple in for Chuckery, by the way, how come it had to be, how, how come it was due to basically investigative reporting that we found out that 27-year-old Nick Ressler is basically running the Hawks? It was like a cloak and dagger thing, certainly. They didn't want to, there was no press conference. 
They said, oh, Travis Schlink is going to move upstairs in an advisory role. No, Travis said, screw you, okay. Let that, let that punk have it then. Go ahead. What has he done? He's done nothing. Okay, bye. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. And he, what if he ends up being like this prodigy of an NBA mind? I doubt it. I'm sure the kid's smart. He got through Georgetown Law School. Or his dad gave so much money to the school, they would never have the nerve to flunk him. I don't know. But it's just uh, this overemphasis on youth. And, and look how weak they are emotionally, psychologically. Everything's too convenient. You know whose fault it is? People like me who raised them. You know what happened was, I come from the generation, we were the most underparented generation ever. We were raised by the mall. Our parents could not wait to get out of town and go to the lake and get on their little crappy boat to get away from us. We were the most under-parented generation ever. And as a result, we overcompensated. So we bubble-wrapped our kids and put helmets on them and told them everything they do is great. Great try, Jimmy. He's up, he's up. He strikes out three times. Good swing, good swing. No, your swing looks like hell. We need to work on that. It's our fault. It's your generation that's handing out participation trophies, Rob It Tribbles. is. It is. Although I'm not a party to it, I blame people in my generation, their response to being underparented. It's true. We were the most underparented generation ever, raised by them all at parties at our friend's house. And we, we've, all we've done now is we've created the most attention-seeking generation ever they seek validation for the dumbest things the most minor things everything upsets them any sort of turbulence oh they crumble they can't handle it it's not their fault it's our fault social media's fault education system's fault too because if you crank out people like that it's easier to lord over them rule over them not question authority. Uh-oh, that third eye's open. There it is, That brother. third eye's open, Rob. Well, I finally got the fluoride out of my water. Kind of stifles a third eye. But just the fact that all of a sudden Nick Ressler just, it was like, it's funny, when this whole thing broke about Travis Schlink moving away, I said it that day it happened. This sounds like a bit of a coup. And I couldn't quite diagnose exactly why. Was Travis Schlink a, a Nate McMillan guy? And Trey Young is, and Landry Fields are not necessarily Nate McMillan guys? I, I don't know. It, it smelled of a coup, though. You, you make this brilliant hire in Travis Schlink, who clearly has done some good things, and all of a sudden, poof, like a fart in the wind, he just basically disappears. And What is he, uh, an executive emeritus? No, he hasn't stepped foot in that building over at Emory or at State Farm. I doubt it. And you, you install this dude who has unbelievable influence with zero experience. I mean, why couldn't his dad just buy him a nice sports car and be done with it? No, let's, I'm going to let him run my billion-dollar franchise with a fan base that's growing ever-increasingly weary and frustrated. Tony Wrestler, have you not heard the phone calls on this station about this fan base, many of whom – are season ticket holders, and they're seeing a product on the floor. Sh- it just, good Lord. Dylan, remember last week 
We had a guy that called. I mean, I'm a season hit ticket holder. It's like it's like now. I dread going to the games, but I've spent so much money. I feel like I have to. Otherwise, I'm flushing money away. Yeah, and then to Rob, the worst part about this is is that it seems like this fan base and this franchise is still in turmoil, even though this team has won three games in a row and the product is starting to look better. It's almost like if, you know, you're starting to get over a hangover, but you're still a little queasy, your stomach is still a little on edge, and and the smallest thing can can set it off. Like this one time, if I I can tell a quick story. I I was drinking with my cousins, and I drank too much. As you're prone to do. Yes, and I drank too (laughs) much, and and I ended up throwing up. Long story short, it was the next day, and, you know, I was trying to recover. We were going to Little Caesars. I was riding in the car. <laughs> and my stomach was obviously still upset because once the car ride in, and I could feel myself, you know, getting back queasy, like Ooh. feel myself getting queasy again when I was in the car. And so I'll never forget this. I had, As soon as we parked at Little Caesars, I opened the door, and I threw up out of the passenger side door. And there was this little girl and this mom that came out. And they, oh, came, no. they came out as soon as I threw up. And I saw their faces as I was throwing up. And I was like, oh, no, they're disgusted. But, yeah, it's like that. It's like yeah. a, a car ride, a, a bad car ride could set <laughs> off this franchise again and make us puke and throw up all oh, over again. Dear. Even though we're starting to get over it with the three-game win streak. I, 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 I like that a little parable you did there. That's fantastic. And if they went six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row – I might feel different if this team goes on a run similar to two years ago. I will personally, I will drive to the Hawks facility over there off uh, North Druid Hills, and I will apologize to Nick Ressler if, he, if he's even there. I will apologize, but right now, it just seems stupid and reckless to me and very self-absorbed by Tony Ressler. Man, my kid's smart. He had good grades. He knows all about torts from law school. Clearly, he can run an NBA franchise. And I know Landry Fields is the GM. I understand that. Apparently, Nick Ressler has veto power. We know that. And Landry Fields, he might end up being brilliant, too, but he's only 33. Yes, I know he went to Stanford. You have to be smart enough to fog a mirror to get through Stanford. I understand that. But is he wizened in the ways of building a franchise? I don't know. I'm just going by what I'm seeing right now, and I'm seeing diminishing returns on a magical run two years ago. I'm seeing a team that was the sexiest team in the city. Now they're reduced in almost an afterthought. And we have a, a quote-unquote, I don't even think he's a superstar. He's playing well lately, though. I give that to him. I give it to him. Very talented kid. Loved him. But I think he lost what got him to the NBA, that chip on his shoulder, due to complacency and the celebrity of the whole thing because he's being so celebrated nationwide with his Chris Paul State Farm commercial and his Sprite commercial. His appearance on uh, WWE up there at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I get that. But you haven't won anything yet. I mean, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to this team, but what do you want me to do? Do you just want me to come over here and come on here and, and read box scores and, and break down key moments in a, in a game in January? Is that what you want from me? Sorry, not what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the 30,000-foot view. You can do that crap for yourself. That's boring. But good Lord. Speaking of Trey Young, we do have the trade line deadline coming up. And I got to tell you, there was, there's a professional athlete in this town 
That is even said on record. I'm not going to mention who that is. That's not fair to them, but it, it did happen. I know this for a fact. Said that Trey Young's a problem. Maybe that won't be the case. Maybe he can grow up. And I know his, I know his father has rabbit ears blocking everybody on social media. I think he and Bo Morgan, not Bo Morgan, but um, oh, good Lord. Morning show, Bo. Abe Gordon, Abe Gordon. Sorry, Abe Gordon. I'm sorry. I'm getting so flustered now. I think he blocked Abe Gordon. But Abe, <laughs> which I think is hilarious because, you know, Abe is so agreeable. <laughs> he, he's, he's contrarian for contrarian's sake is what he is. You tell him the sky's blue. Ah, no, it's not. It's not blue. What are you doing? You're stupid for saying that. But you have a hypersensitive father who apparently doesn't have his own life. He's living vicariously through his son, so his whole identity is tied up into his son to where he's hypersensitive on social media. What, what are you, a middle-aged, middle, middle school girl? I mean, good Lord. It's just, uh, it's, it's just weird. But we do have the trade deadline coming up, and Chris Fitt, you never thought it possible ever that Trey Young might be traded. I'm not saying you will be. I have no news. No, I, I guess anything's on the table. But here's uh, Falcons beat writer Chris Vivlamore on the notion of Trey, Rung, Trey Young being traded. He was on with uh, Mark Zeno yesterday. Here's what I can tell you from multiple sources. I, I don't know if it goes anywhere, but that has been discussed. That's as, that's as far as I can go, but from multiple people. Whether it happens or not, how serious it is, I don't know. But I know that subject has been broached. But that kind of sucks. I know you got Murray. Does that mean John Collins is no longer going to be rumored to be traded every third day, five times a month? I mean, is this a case where you're going to have to destroy it and build it back? Good God, I hope that's not the case. Because it's such a weird thing. In football, you can do it a lot quicker than in basketball. And I wonder why that is. I'm guessing because you have so many different positions and so many different players on football that you can hide weaknesses enough to win enough to squeak your way into the playoffs and feel like your franchise is heading somewhere. Meanwhile, NBA, you got five guys. What are you dressing, 15 a game, something like that, I guess? If you have not a lot of depth and you have a couple of uh, really inconsistent or downright bad starters, it just seems to take – I mean, remember the 76ers, they had, what, their 13-year rebuilding process, right? So if this is what happens here, I'm going to have, like, this Bad Hawks flashback to the uh, early, mid-'90s where they were just god-awful. Then Lenny Wilkins came in and – at least got us to where we were slightly better than mediocre, moderately interesting, knowing you had no chance to ever win anything ever. So we've gone in two years from feeling like we had a really good chance. Had we got to the finals that year against Phoenix, we could have beat Phoenix. We could have won the finals that year. If not for just a little stupid accident, Trey Young stepping on an official's foot. And that's why everything's rigged. You know the official put his foot there. It's all rigged. Everything's a lie, a shallow lie. So I just, this makes me sick. So I'm going to have to sit here now with football basically over. And every time I'm on, I'm going to have to hold my nose and talk about this team that gets on my last freaking nerve. And a team that I 
continuously have loved since the 70s, no matter what. But good God, can we just get it right for once? Well, thank God we have Nick Ressler. Everything's going to be fine. He's going to cure cancer, get Gilligan off the island. We're going to do a forearm shimmer next, go around the NFL. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make Sports Radio 92.9, the game. I'm going to tie a bow on the Hawks, and I'll get back with him later on. Uh, Rob Turbulent for uh, Chuckery. Chuckery back on uh, Friday for a brief show, and then uh, back in his regular slot. But, uh, I mean, Hawks 99-2000, 28-54, followed by 25-57, and 33-49, 35-47, 26-54. Oh, that memorable 2004-2005 season, 13-69. and 69. I mean, that was just a long time of sucking. So if they end up blowing this thing up, I hope it doesn't end up like that. Let's do a forearm shimmer. All right. The Lamar Jackson thing, front burner in the NFL. Of course, he turned down that extension worth $133 million guaranteed. And clearly, that ever-mounting tension between uh, Jackson and the Ravens means he's gone, but where? How about the Jets? Don't sleep on the Jets. Yeah, I know they kind of bowed out meekly in the playoffs. Everybody jokes about their quarterback situation. You have uh, the petulant, spoiled, immature, entitled Zach Wilson. And then you have Mike White, who the teammates like. He's feisty, but he's always hurt. But you got to remember this, though. Jets have a lot of talent, a lot of skill on that roster. But when your quarterback blows, that's a very... That's a gaping artery wound on your chances of uh, making the uh, playoffs. And, of course, uh, Lamar Jackson clearly looking at uh, the Browns a certain way. The whole thing, you know, they basically trade three consecutive first-round picks and a guaranteed $230 million to a sexual predator. And, uh, you know, the Chargers have a very similar history of soul-crushing, gut-wrenching disappointment that the Falcons do. Funny thing I saw, the Internet's always quick with this. After the Chargers blew that big lead against uh, Jacksonville, somebody put up a Falcons logo with the Chargers color in it. That was hilarious. But the Chargers, you remember back in the early 2000s, seven playoff appearances, five of which featured teams with at least 11 wins or more. And in those seven Chargers teams that made the playoffs, only one got past the divisional round. Well, after this weekend's collapse versus the Jags, the Chargers have fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and they fired him due to something called irony. Who's his grandfather, Vince Lombardi? What did Vince Lombardi live and die by? Running the ball. And their game day coordinator, Shane Day, also fired. And, of course, many have asked, why not Brandon Staley? Apparently, including now, former NFL coach and current analyst Rex Ryan. A lot of things happened in that game. Number one, like good and bad. You, you're right, Matthew. You talked about how the Chargers came out. Because I'm not just going to, you know, kill Staley. He had his team popping out of their skin to start the game. Five takeaways. All right, you're plus five in a turnover 
uh, battle and, and you lose. That's the first time it's ever happened in a playoff game in NFL history, right? So, so why? Well, you talk about running, all right? Justin Herbert decides on some of them. We showed that highlight. He said, you know what? If we're not going to call a run, I'll just go ahead and run. Like, are you kidding me? And Austin Eckler in the second half had six touches. He's like your go-to yeah, guy. To, he like, to get in the ball. like, you got to – everything's about – here's the thing about this, this young man that bothers a, a veteran coach, all right? Brandon Staley, you know, the new ideas and all that, that's great. Being, being aggressive, that's great. But sometimes this, this young man is reckless as a coach, in my opinion. And you should learn from some of the other guys. Like, normally, back in the day, you'd have to coach for years. You'd get your chance. You were ready for these situations. You don't lose a game like this. No, you don't. 27. We saw it happen twice this year. To who? To young coaches. Jeff Saturday never coached. All right? That's why he blows the lead. Here's another young guy that doesn't get it. Respect the game. Respect the guys that have been there before you. All right, and, and I've seen it with all these fourth down reckless calls that he makes. He got better this year as it went on, but that really bothers me. And here's, here's how. How do you close out games? Well, first off, you keep the clock running, right? I, I don't know. Is this a new rule that the clock stops on an incompletion? How about that? How about we start running the ball a little more, keep the clock run, uh, going, and if you do throw the football, make sure you, you know, you're throwing completion balls. All right? It's yeah. called a four-minute. That's all you have to do in, in those situations. He also went on to say, but sometimes Brandon Stanley has to be the smartest guy in the room, said Rex Ryan. And I guess Rex Ryan has no sense of irony either. He was always the smartest guy in the room, too, in his press conferences. He never lost a press conference. You remember in 2011, he guaranteed a Super Bowl vic victory that year. He put all that pressure on his team. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. And he's had some questionable decisions at coordinator as well, all throughout his career. But I'm not going to crap on him that much, but the fact of the matter is, and I, I, I will say this, though, I, I at least admire the fact that he has an opinion. There's so many ex-athletes that do this job, they're not going to say anything to hurt the feelings of their peers. Won't do it. They're going to be very, very diplomatic. So at least he's doing that. And all right. There's a lot of things we believe that aren't true, like you drop a penny off the, stat, uh, off the Empire State Building, it'll kill you. Now, I just heard a little bit. Cracking your knuckles doesn't give you arthritis, things like that. Oh, and the notion of halftime adjustments. If you criticize your team, well, they should have made halftime adjustments. Listen to what Peyton and Eli had to say on the Manning cast about the notion of halftime adjustments last night. Coming out of halftime, all those halftime adjustments it really paid off right there that I don't know about you. I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18 year career. I think it's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? You go in, yeah, but you, eat, you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. Yeah, I know quite. I mean, you're in there for like three minutes. Yeah, you know? There's no time. I certainly love, though, the barstool pundits, though. Well, they should have made halftime adjustments. Oh, you heard it right there. No, man, I got to go to the bathroom, eat a couple of orange slices, maybe adjust my equipment, then we're back out there. Well, there you have it. Oh, can we stop with the Cowboys as America's team, by the way? No, they're not. They are universally one of the most hated teams outside of Dallas. Come on. <laughs> it's true. 
Last night was an interesting matchup, though. Not what transpired on the field, but think about this. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Tom Brady has his lovers and Tom Brady has his haters, just like the Cowboys have their lovers and the vast majority of the country hating them. So it's basically a game for everybody in the country last night. So I'm guessing 300-plus million people watched that game last night, right? And it's like I said to start the show, Tampa Bay's offense, it's like all those guys on offense, they they had to introduce themselves for the very first time when they in the huddle for the first time for they ran their first play. That was just god-awful. Oh, and speaking of attention-seeking, Aaron Rodgers, well, you know, he's not going to make a – He's not going to make a choice yet, a decision yet on whether he comes back for a 19th season. He knows what he's going to do. This is what these guys do. LeBron does it. All these guys do it. Your big superstar athletes, what they do, they leave you guessing. So they're always at least on page two of the sports section, if not page one. That's attention-seeking behavior. That's the only reason why he's doing it. I mean, that's it. So the Falcons still looking for a defensive coordinator. But uh, you can uh, take Jim Schwartz off that list. So the former former Lions head coach, he has a new gig. And that gig is with, drumroll please, with the Browns now. Boy, talk about some underachieving teams he had up in Detroit. As their head coach, you had Indomitian and Sue. You had Nick Fairley on that D-line. You had a... That was a nasty defense. And the offense wasn't terrible. They should have won a lot more than they did, but for some reason that imploded. I'll never understand that, but there it is. As far as what Arthur Smith's going to do, we don't know yet. They're, they're interviewing people right now. Brian Flores is a name that a lot of people like the idea of. He, he didn't get the Browns gig. Okay, why not? Sure, why not? But it was just amazing this week in watching all the bad coaching decisions. By the young coaches, by the way. And what about Sean Payton? Speaking of attention-seeking like Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton's loving all this right now. Everybody's speculating, where's he going to come back? Well, let's hear from uh, Sean Payton uh, what, what factors into his decision on where to go to coach again. To me, the two things that would matter, and I'm a novice, is ownership, stability, and quarterback. Is that how you view it? Yeah. Okay, those are the two biggies. Yeah, and it would start with ownership and, and, you know, finding both. You know, generally speaking, if the quarterback is there, they're probably a team that's playing well, generally speaking. And so the teams that have openings, I'm not going to say are broken, but they've had problems. That's why there's an opening. Right. I, I think that element's critical. Well, that's him with uh, Colin Coward. Carl- Colin Coward is so smart. Just ask him. <laughs> I don't know. I just met the dude one time. He came in town at my old radio station. He was He's doing some remotes with us. And, you know, it's like trying to have a conversation. was like, how dare you try to talk to me? He's like, well, what the hell? You, good for you. Make some money doing this job. And, you know. I'll tell you what, let me go to the bar and buy you a shot to get over yourself, you know? Holy smokes. I would never understand that. The um, the egos of personalities on TV and everywhere else, you ain't curing cancer. You're not. 
be be grateful that you have a well-paying job. And I'm not saying this about all of them. There's a lot of really cool people. And actually, I'll tell you right now, I'm not kissing the butt of this station, but this is the only place I've ever worked at where we don't seem to have a whole lot of that going on. There's a little bit here and there, but not much. Most people, I, I adore pretty much everybody that works here. Outside of that damn Andy Bunker. <laughs> Andy and Randy, by the way, middays. <laughs> and, of course, he knows I'm kidding. I, I think Bunker and Randy do a great job. Andy Bunker's so subtly funny. He really is. He's really funny. And I love the fact a lot of what he says just goes right over Randy's head. And Randy's so fed up with everything and grouchy. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a nice mix. All right, more on a shot, Sean Payton. Sean, who have, you, who have you talked to, had conversations with? I've talked with a few teams. Mm-hmm. That's that's just done through permission with the Saints. But I think this week would be, yeah, it would be Houston, Denver, uh, later in the week, Carolina. Do you go there? Um, in, in, in some cases, depending on schedules, they'll come here or – in other cases, Zoom. I might go there. End of the week, I'll go out to New York. I'll have a chance to visit with uh, Mr. Tepper in Carolina. I wonder if he comes back, will he be that successful? It was kind of diminishing returns out in New Orleans. And granted, it seemed like every year they were really flirting with salary cap hell. I understand that. He did have Drew Brees. Last year, he didn't. Or the season before last. Now that worked out. I wonder... If he's gonna, if he's if, if he's slightly overrated, I know he, he was like twenty one and nine against the Falcons. I understand that, but anyway. All right, we're gonna come back. Let's uh, recap and look ahead, man. What a great weekend of uh, football, certainly. Ravens should have won. Probably would have won with Lamar. The Chargers just uh, crapped the bed, which is uh, pretty much what they do in their their illustrious history. And uh, 49ers and Seahawks, of course. Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. Certainly relevant now. Sports Radio 1990 game.